This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work. Here is Christina Mendonca. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me. This is a fresh agenda where we talk to innovators and entrepreneurs to discover how through the distractions of life, they get at their deepest work. Valentine's Day is Wednesday, of course. 54% of Americans will celebrate Valentine's Day, spending about 150 bucks on average for gifts and jewelry and dinners out. A couple of love facts. Love remains Americans' top reason to marry. Marriage may be on the decline, but remarriage is actually rising in the country. And Americans today are increasingly looking for love online. If you're single, you already know that. Most of my single friends are finding Mr. Right, or at least Mr. Right now online. So with love in the air, I thought it would be fun to chat with a romance writer, and I happen to know a good one, Erin Lyon, author of I Love You, Subject to the Following Terms and Conditions, and her new book, Unconditionally. Erin Lyon, writer, lawyer, connoisseur of poor decision-making. I like that description. <laughs> uh, she, her first two novels, I Love You, Subject to the Following Terms and Condition, and Unconditionally, Just Out, kind of been called the Bridget Jones for the millennial set. And I love how you compared this new book, Unconditionally, to the birth of a second child. <laughs> yes, it really is. When you kind of, on that big release day, uh, it is kind of, it's very similar to that sort of feeling. If for all the, you know, moms, when you have that first child, you're just waiting on pins and needles and everything is about the day that it finally comes out. And the first book was very much like that. It was all I could think about leading up until its release day. But by the time I'm doing the second one, I'm following along everything that's happening with the first one in addition to my normal everyday life. And the whole thing just goes by so fast. And all of a sudden, it's your release day again. And now you've kind of done it the second time. And it just reminded me so much of when I had my second child, that the pregnancy went by in a blink, whereas the first one felt like it wasn't nine months, it was nine years. <laughs> right, right. Well, I loved the first novel, I Love You, subject to the following terms and conditions. And, and I can't wait to read it unconditionally. Um, but I want to ask you the, the concept of marriage as a short-term contract. Where did you come up with that idea? And, and it's, it's an interesting concept to explore. Yeah, it you know it really was and and uh, a lot of times with with I think novels and I think a lot of writers would agree that a whole novel can be born from just kind of one very simple idea and many years ago I was at work and I was talking to a coworker and I made some joke but was also trying to be somewhat profound where I said maybe with the divorce rate in this country maybe humans just weren't meant to mate for life maybe it needs to be you know a shorter term that people can actually handle and I said something about so maybe they should just be married for about 7 years and and so I kind of made that joke but it had always stuck with me and I thought well that's kind of an interesting idea and then later as a second career I went to law school and um and learned <clears throat> learned all about contract law. And so once I, and just at some point in my brain, those two ideas kind of merged and I went, no marriage at all. We'll just do it all based on contract law and it'll be just good for seven years. And then at seven years, everybody gets to decide if they want to keep going or <laughs> just end the contract. <laughs> As you were going through law school and this idea was kind of percolating in your head, were you actually putting together the contract in your head, like what it would look like and what the clauses would be? Well, I mean, it's what's funny is that it, I guess at its most 
you know, the simplest way to look at it is that it would be almost like every single marriage came with a prenup, right? Because a prenup is basically a contract that it, it sort of uh, considers the end before it even starts. And so my world that I created in it, you know, if you kind of distill it down, that's sort of what it looks like is just everything, per, you know, just sort of considers the ending before it even starts so that all the eventualities are covered and there's no, it, it sort of saves a lot of the fighting that you see in a lot of divorces because everything has been sort of pre-planned out. Right. Right. It's an interesting concept and fun to read about, definitely. Now, you explore the uh, not only the main characters' uh, relationships, but in this new book, Unconditionally, you kind of explore relationship dysfunction just in, in general. Besides being a great story, is the, the message, love is messy. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so messy. And, um, you know, and, and, and as a practicing lawyer, I actually don't work in family law. But I know people who do. And then what's funny is just just being a lawyer, I think, in any field, you just you see different sides of people and things get so heated and so emotional and people get so irrational and they'll hang on. And, you know, when you do litigation, people will hang on to tiny little things because they want to fight. And it's it's so much more personal and not practical. So I was able to still take everything that I do in my daily job and apply it, even though I don't technically do family law, which is more that it's, it's the closest to what she is actually doing. Um, so I was able, able to actually build in a lot of my, my own experience into her life as an attorney in the book. And it just, it, it made it so much fun. And so many of the crazy stories are exaggerated so much less than people would guess. very nice (laughs) well i wanted to have you on because this is valentine's week of course and uh and and being a romance writer and a and a kind of a a chick lit writer i read those descriptions of uh your genre and wondered it do you like those descriptions i mean do you like being known as a romance writer or a chick lit writer um you know it's Funny that you should say that because I, I actually, well, I mean, the books are definitely romance novels and they're meant to be fun. Um, life has enough stress. And, and so with these books, I really just did want to make something fun and light that people could kind of lose themselves in. So I don't, and I'm a romance, I'm a closet romance reader. I've been reading romance novels since I started stealing my grandmother's when I was 13 years old. So I, I don't have a problem with the romance. With chiclet, what's funny is that when I looked into the, the term a little bit more, it basically means that it's it sort of transcends the romance genre by being more about the about female friendships and you know female goals and careers and things like that and when i read that i actually liked the term even more so after that i actually you know love being referred to for these books to be referred to as chiclet and so many of the reviews that I've gotten, one of my favorite things is that everyone calls out the female friendships in it and says, everyone needs to, this, these are my friendship goals. So it, it really does kind of move beyond just the the romance aspect of it. So that I actually really like. Yeah, I love that, too, because so many of you know the romances that we all have as we go through our lives, we share with our dearest friends and, and get their opinions and advice along the way. 
Oh, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> so this podcast is all about innovators and entrepreneurs and, and how through the distractions of life, we're able to get at our deepest work. And so many people are busy. They're fragmented. Certainly your life as an attorney is busy. So many people barely have time to read a book, let alone write too. So talk to me about your process. Where do you write? Do you do it every day? Are you a binge writer? How do you do it? Uh, I would say definitely a binge writer. So it's a, it's a funny thing because, um, you know, I, I think that the way that my life has sort of un, you know, has sort of twisted and turned and gotten me to where I am right now is kind of funny because I'm a little bit risk averse. And I think a lot of attorneys are, end up being a little bit risk averse to, to gravitate toward law because we spend all of our time thinking of all the ways things can go wrong, right? And that's what makes you a good attorney is that you have a client come in and, and all you're looking for is every way to make a contract better so that, um, so that, you know, they, they are at less risk. So we're always looking for the pitfalls. And uh, so because of that, I went to law school because I knew that I could just sort of make the decision to do it. But writing has always been my passion, but it, you can't just really decide to do it because you have to be good enough and you have to find the agent and you have to find the publisher. And, and it's a, it's a very tough road, sort of like, you know, all of the waiters and waitresses that want to be actors. It's kind of like you need a little bit of lightning to strike. So because of that, um, you know, I was able to sort of pursue law and then still, but if you really have the passion for it and you really want to make it happen, you just have to find the time. And I meet so many people who say that they want to be writers or that they started a novel, but they never finished it. And that honestly is, is what that's sort of where you, you know, separate the, the, you know, the, the, the big leagues from the small leagues are the people who, um, you know, put the time in because it's, it's the, what's that saying about it's where opportunity meets preparation. And that really is it, is that if I've ever wanted to be a writer, if I wasn't willing to put in the work, I would have never known if I could have actually made it and succeeded. And so now I've had two books out and I have a third under consideration. And, you know, and it was because I was willing to put in the work. So as far as the, the process of it, um, it is a hard thing. You come home some days and you've had a really long day at work. And guess what? You're going to have a glass of wine and you're going to binge Netflix. You're not going to binge write. And, and that's not a real good habit, but it really just kind of is. And you can't beat yourself up about that. So instead, what I do is I'll plan ahead and I'll earmark. If I haven't been writing in the evening, I'll earmark a weekend or I'll earmark at least a Saturday. And I'll, I'll lock myself in my office at, at home with my laptop and just and you just write. And you don't edit. You can't look back. You have to just kind of keep moving forward and get the words on the page. Um, and I'll do that at times. And then there are other times when my brain won't stop turning the book over and I'll get home from work and all I want to do is sit down and write. So it really kind of is an ebb and flow between those two things. Um, sometimes when you finish a project, you'll go through a dry spell where it's really hard to, you know, get your butt in the chair and, and write. And then there are other times when you'll be, you know, really uh, productive. But so it is kind of an ebb and flow and it is hard when you kind of are doing it as a second job, which is really what I'm doing. 
Right. And I mean, well, law school's no vacation. So you had to gut it out through there. So obviously you have the work ethic to get it done. But on those days where you've had just kind of a rough day at work and you have to sit down and the next thing you have to write is some juicy sex scene. I mean, is it easy to get into that? Or I mean, or sometimes just, you know what, it's been too hard of a day. I'll I'll write about the sex tomorrow. Well, you know, one of the things that really helps with that are playlists. I actually have playlists for all the different genres that I write. And a lot of times um, playing, you know, certain music um, when I'm writing romantic comedy, it's much more like, you know, poppy love songs and more fun stuff that's a little bit more upbeat. And I find that the music can actually really help me get you know, past that. And sometimes even just going back, that is one of the times when it is good to go back. If you're, you know, if my brain is stuck on what happened at work today and I can't seem to get into what I need to be writing, sometimes if I go back a a chapter, you know, hopefully if I'm doing my job good enough as a writer, I'll go back a little bit and I'll be engaged enough in the story that it sort of takes me out of what happened during the day and now I'm back into my story to where I just want to keep moving it forward. So sometimes that'll that'll help too. <laughs> so romantic pop and then for for the sex scenes is it Marvin Gaye or <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a little bit, sometimes a little Depeche mode, you know. <laughs> Very nice. Ah, oh, that's what I like. A woman of the 80s yeah. myself. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. So um It's Valentine's week, of course. After delving into the dysfunctions of your characters' love lives, what do you believe leads to a happy marriage or a happy relationship? You've you've been married a long time. You've had a long. I have a long term marriage. You have a long term marriage. What leads to a happy relationship, in your opinion? You know, I I think that so much of. um, I mean, my husband and I, and people have asked me this. They said, you know, my in my book, there's a little bit of a love triangle and plus one extra guy um, sort of in the picture. And and what I've kind of said is that, you know, my husband is sort of the best of all three. He's sort of the, the, the best parts of all three of those. But, um, you know, I've been married, so we just had our 20-year anniversary last year. And what's funny about it is that we have our ups and downs. And I think that when people get into a long-term relationship, they think that everything's going to be like the beginning. And I think people give up too soon. And so there's obviously going to be ups and downs. And my husband and I kind of made it through some of the lower points and got to a point where we are just, we're best friends and our relationship is sort of the best it's ever been. And we really support each other and listen to each other. And I think that those things are important, but I think that a lot of it is understanding that it's not all sunshine and roses all the time. And uh, and I think, you know, that's something that I, I think that for a while, you know, the divorce rate I was talking about, I think it got a little too easy for people to kind of cut and run when things weren't fun. They weren't having fun all the time. Uh, but I think sometimes you stick that out and your reward is that, all of a sudden you're having fun all the time again. I agree. I'm, we're coming up on 24 years, my husband and I, and, and we always say humor too. Humor in the, in, in the darkest hours, humor in the toughest times can, can get you through so much. And if you have a partner that can make you laugh, uh, that's, that's, that's gold. That's gold. That can get you through anything. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, we laugh all the time. We think we're stand-up comedians. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, and I'm sure he's like one of your first editors or first readers of your books as well and offers his insight. Well, what's funny is that it's chiclet and romance and he's a voracious reader, but he reads very different things. He reads Stephen King and stuff like that. 
so I'm not his genre at all. But of course, he still reads it. He kind of, you know, he has to read it because we have so many inside jokes in the books. Um, So he still reads it. He appreciates it, but he doesn't necessarily offer a lot of input because he's not really my audience. (laughs) Right, right. Well, are you going to stay on the romance chiclet uh, track or are there other kinds of topics that you'd like to take on as a writer? Oh, my gosh. Um, I have so many projects in the works. Ironically, my first book that I ever wrote, I wrote about 10 years ago. And it came very close to getting published, and then it didn't happen. And it's actually about my grandmother's early life. So it's much more, um, I guess you would call it women's fiction or literary fiction, um, because it's a period piece. It's pretty gritty. It's a little bit of a hard read in some places, but hopefully kind of also inspiring just because she was so gritty and uh, and kind of a, a tough lady. And it's uh, and so that one I've rewritten now, and it's currently out for review with my publisher. And um, and then I'm actually working on another one that's sort of uh, sort of a cross between if you think Suki Stackhouse novels, if if uh, if uh, Grisham was writing them. <laughs> so oh, it's sort okay. of a legal vampire hybrid because I've always had a weird fascination with vampires. So I'm actually working on that currently. And then I have some other ones that are much more about, um, I think, uh you know, much more of a character study and, and more about, I think, that just sort of humanity in general and a little bit about loss. Um, so I've got, I, I don't, I guess they'd fall under, much like these books are sort of real world with just a slight twist. I think a lot of what I write sort of falls into that where it's almost life, but then it's it'll have a little bit of fantasy in it or a little bit of science fiction in it or something like that that sort of uh, hopefully makes it more unique and a little bit more, um, you know, not not just something that's derivative of, of what we, you know, ha- already have out there. Right, right. I, I love the twist of the the contract in in these two novels, and uh, but there is so much real world in Kate and what she goes through, and uh, that's so applicable to so many women's lives. Will we see more adventures uh, with Kate upcoming? I, I don't have any plans for it right now, but it's funny because I am getting quite a few requests. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, Erin, so, tell us how we can find you and where we can find your books. Amazon, of course, <laughs> but other places we might be able to read a little bit more about you and, and your upcoming projects. Oh, okay. Well, I have, a, so I do have a blog. I don't write on it, obviously. With everything else I'm trying to, to do, I don't write on it as much as I'd like, but I certainly use it as an outlet. And it, that website is erinlion.net. Um, I'm also, I, I love talking to readers and fans and everything. So I communicate with people on my Facebook page. I communicate with people on my Instagram account, which is really fun because I do giveaways and post a lot of stuff about my upcoming books and book signings and events I'm doing and things like that. Uh, I'm also on Goodreads. Um, So any of those, my books are available pretty much everywhere. So you can get them at Barnes and Noble and, you know, you can get them on iTunes and they're available in Canada. And actually these two books uh, just got picked up with a publisher in Portugal. So they're going to be actually translated into Portuguese, which is kind of fun. Oh, that is fun. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. And how do you plan on spending Valentine's Day? Any big plans? Nope. Just probably just my hubby and I and a bottle of wine. (laughs) 
Sounds like a great night. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Aaron Line, for being here with us today. We look forward, I look forward to reading unconditionally now that it's out and, uh, and looking for your other projects soon to come. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Christina. Thank you so much. Our thanks to author attorney Erin Lyon. A delight to speak with her. And I'll be reading unconditionally, hopefully, on a beach sometime soon. It is good beach or by the pool reading with a cold glass of Savvy Bee, which in California is perfectly possible in February. We've had some great weather lately. Thanks for being here for a fresh agenda. You can find me on my YouTube channel each week with my Monday episodes of The Shortlist. Please subscribe to me there. This podcast is also on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can subscribe and catch some great back episodes as well. I'm on my website at christinamendonza.com. I'm on all the socials as well. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and LinkedIn with my name, Christina Mendonza, or my hashtag, Credible Messenger. Thanks for being here. Let's stay connected. This is a fresh agenda. Bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.